Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host, Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins, from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And let's go Pens! This weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and much more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! did we just watch what is going on everybody it is your host neil villapiano and welcome to another edition and a very interesting edition of the devil's state of mind podcast right here exclusively on the hockey podcast network the best place as always to get the most up-to-date news and topics going on about your new jersey devils I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Uh, I, I really apologize for laughing, but I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time, as always, to listen to these episodes. Myself and the rest of the Hockey Podcast Network really, really appreciate it. And every episode is sponsored by the beautiful people at DraftKings Sportsbook, as you probably heard from one of the promos that we did uh, to start this episode. But folks, we got a lot to talk about today. 
and it's interesting because there was only one game between the last episode and this one, but there were a couple other things other than the game on Tuesday night that we want to talk about. But I have to talk about Tuesday's game to start it off. I mean, we we have to talk about it. There's there, you know, it, it would be it would be ludicrous not to talk about it first because if anybody watched it, you know exactly what happened. But in case you didn't. Let's talk about it. So we have a bunch to get to today. So without further ado, as I always say, let's drop the puck. So like I said, we're going to start with the game on Tuesday night against the Penguins, the first of three games in a row in Pittsburgh. And we got some pretty frustrating news at the morning skate. Uh, It turns out that Ty Smith, was going to be missing that game with a lower body injury. And same thing with Mackenzie Blackwood. For Ty Smith, that that would make it the first time all season that he's missed the game, which is kind of a crazy thing when you think about it. You know, a couple of guys missed some games due to COVID. Uh, Some other guys missed games because of injuries. But Ty Smith, who obviously is our future number one defenseman, has played up until Tuesday night every game of the season. So that gives you... Uh, perspective as to how tough and how durable Ty Smith has been in his first or somewhat first full season in the National Hockey League. Um, So clearly that, you know, getting that news was not the greatest thing, considering that you look at this team coming into it. We had just lost four in a row to the New York Rangers. And if there was ever a low point in the season, or like the lowest point of the season, I think it was prior to Tuesday night's game. I think just going over into Monday after what had happened on Sunday and coming to the realization that we couldn't even get a single point in that four-game set and we actually got shut out in two of the four games, yeah, that's pretty bad. Considering also that we're pretty close to jumping, well, not jumping, but having Buffalo jump us and putting us into dead last in the National Hockey League. So things have uh, obviously not gotten better, and you can tell by some of the last couple of episodes um, from my emotion. Uh, but I'm a little bit more upbeat today. Not not that much, but a little bit, because uh, I found a lot of humor in Tuesday night's game. Some other bad news that we got uh, about an hour before the game, uh, the Devils announced that P.K. Subban, was not going to be playing because he was put on the COVID protocol. So unfortunately, he would not be playing. and We don't know when he's going to be able to come back. Same thing with Mikhail Moltsev because he was a close contact. So obviously, you know, we're just continuing to lose bodies here and there. Uh, We had to call up a couple of guys from the AHL to put them on the taxi squad. It'll be interesting to see what Lindy Rupp decides to do on Thursday's game as well as Saturday's game. Uh, against Pittsburgh. And then obviously we have the first of four in a row against the Flyers starting this upcoming Tuesday. So this schedule just doesn't get any easier from here on out for these last 11 games or so. I already forgot how many games we have left in the year, but you know, obviously this was going to be, I guess you would say from the Pittsburgh Penguins perspective, a walk in the park uh, type of game. And it certainly looked that way almost right from the first puck drop as the Penguins struck pretty quickly, three minutes, 49 seconds into the game when Mike Matheson, the defenseman took a shot from the point that beat Scott Wedgwood, who was starting in net in replace of 
Mackenzie Blackwood. And just like that, the Penguins are up one nothing. Now, none of us should be surprised by that because of the fact that the Devils over the last five games have proceeded to give up the first goal within the first five minutes, even sometimes less than five minutes of the game. But it didn't get better from there as the Penguins continued to put the pressure on. And about four and a half minutes later, Brian Russ scored to make it two to nothing. So again, you're at that point where it's like, yeah, this already has the makings of us getting blown out. I mean, that's what it felt like. Not only, I mean, it looked like we were going to lose the game in the first period, which we had have done in the past four or five games. So it just seemed like we were going to be continuing the trend. And things just got bad from bad to worse. And let me tell you guys something. In my lifetime as a Devils fan, I have seen the Devils give up wacky goals maybe twice before last night. And that's only been in the past two, three seasons, which kind of tells you about this regime that the Devils have been, have had uh, over the past couple of years. But Brian Dumlin, the defenseman for the Penguins, took it. Well, he didn't take a shot. He flipped the puck into the air from center ice, and it was harmlessly going towards Scott Wedgwood. And for some reason that I can't explain, the puck took a turn at the last second and bounced under Wedgwood's arm and into the net. And that was about 45 second difference between the second goal and the third goal. So in a span of a minute, less than a minute, we went down from one nothing to being down three nothing. And that goal just epitomizes what this season has been for the Devils. And it, it, it's just one of those where you just say, as I said numerous times, only the Devils could have that happen. Like I mentioned a minute ago, I have seen the Devils give up wacky goals like that two, three times now in the past couple of years. If you go back to two seasons ago, um, I think the Devils were playing the Canucks, I want to say. I can't remember what team exactly. But they dumped, they took a shot from three quarters of the ice as like a dump in and it went right to Corey Schneider and it went past him and into the net. That was a wacky goal. And then you go back to last season where it was the second or third, I think it was like the fourth or fifth game of the year and the devils were in Buffalo. And that was the game that we got blown out. I think like eight to two, eight to three. And there was a shot that was tipped into the air, went over the left shoulder of Louis Domingue and into the net. And then you have last, and then you have the game on Tuesday in which the puck takes a bounce at the last second and goes in. Now, the Devils are not the only team that has uh, unfortunately had to deal with something like this. But at the same time, it, it was just only the Devils could have that happen. I mean, only the Devils. I've seen so many times this year where we've given a guy his first NHL goal or his first goal in a hundred games or the puck just dumps in, you know, they dump it in and it bounces at the last second. It goes in. And again, it's like when it rains, it pours. I mean, that was just it. That was just it. And then you would have thought that at that point, it'd be like, okay, that's the end of that period. We're fine. Oh no. Oh no. No, the slaughter continued as Jeff Carter, who, got acquired by the Penguins in a trade at the deadline. And I think that was actually one of the better trades at the deadline, one of the smarter trades at the deadline for any team. 
Uh, the puck came out to him at the point and on a rebound, just took a slap shot and it beat Scott Wedgwood to make it four to nothing. And that's where it stood at the end of 20 minutes. So at this point, you could easily have said the game is over. I mean, there's no, there's no way we're going to come back. Now, as we've all seen the last couple of games, did I think that the Devils were going to try to make it close in the third? Yeah, I, I expected that we were going to be lifeless through the first two periods. And then in the third, like we've done the last handful of games, just decide to wake up and start playing hockey. That's what I expected. And everything was going according to script because in the in the second period, the Devils, they had pulled Scott Wedgwood, they put in Aaron Dell, and literally on like the second shot that Dell faced, he gave up a goal to Bluger, his sixth of the year, and it's five nothing. And it just it kept getting worse. And obviously there was no scoring for a good 10 plus minutes, but before you even could think about it less than halfway through the game. We're down five, nothing. And again, the questions for myself came up. Does this team have any pride? Does this team care? Is this team trying? It's one of those things. It really, you have to start asking those questions, honestly, because of the fact that this team has done this so consistently over the last several games where they just flat out from the get-go don't show up. Now, we have seen from a lot of guys on social media who cover this team have shown numerous statistics that the Devils are one of the most unluckiest teams in the National Hockey League, which is true because in a lot of these games, the Devils have had chance after chance after chance and couldn't score because the goaltender made a save, the shot was blocked, or they flat out just missed the net. I mean, a two-on-one and we just missed the net or a breakaway, and we missed the net. We've had that happen so many different times this year. And yeah, I would like to wonder what this team, you know, how our chances would be or how our luck would be if we had some of that luck go our way. I would, I would like to know. I think we'd have a handful of more wins this year, certainly have a lot more goals. But, you know, unfortunately, Hockey is such a magical, unpredictable sport. You never know what could happen. And in, in these last handful of games, they've followed the same script over and over again with this one, like really taking the cake. Um, the Penguins would end up scoring again to make it six to nothing. And that's where it stood after two periods. So at that point, I'm sure a lot of you guys, and, and don't lie, I know you, I know some of you turned this game off. Hell, I know some of you turned this game off when it was three to nothing. But at this point, it's six nothing going into the third. And at that point, you know, I, I even tweeted out, I said, just get it over with, you know, just get it over with. But in the back of my mind, I still said, all right, look, this team is probably going to find a way to score, even though I really honestly didn't believe we were going to score in that game. I thought we were going to get shut out. This team's going to probably score two or three goals and make it look like that we're trying to come back. And then we'll lose like six to three or, you know, seven to four, something along those lines and make it look like we actually had an effort. And the Devils came out and they had a power play that, you know, continued from the end of the second period. And we ended up scoring as Nico Heischer scored on a one-time pass from, from across crease. And it was a nice goal. And you could see just from the reaction, it was like, all right, cool, we scored. 
And that was my reaction too. I didn't jump up. I didn't say, yeah, like, let's go. It was just like, okay, whatever. Like we're still down by five goals. You know, it's, it doesn't matter, but okay. But then the devils continued to, to push the pace, push the envelope and follow the script. They were more aggressive in the third period. They decided to wake up in the third period and start playing hockey because whatever they played in the first 40 minutes was not hockey. But you come into the third and you're playing hockey and the Devils unfortunately took a penalty. But Yegor Sharangovich got a chance on a partial breakaway, shorthanded, and it somehow squeaked past Tristan Jari and into the net. And all of a sudden it's six to two within the first five minutes or so of the third. So it was like, all right, that's nice. At least we were able to score a couple of goals and yada, 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 and get team confidence, blah, 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 all that, all the stuff we've heard on TV over the last handful of games. But the Devils just kept coming, coming, and coming. And eventually Will Butcher, who honestly, points-wise, had his best game of the entire season. He had, I think, two points on the day. I think he had two assists. In this game, he actually had three assists in total in this game. So Will Butcher, for all we know, might have just saved his spot on this Devils team in the future with just this game. I mean, this was obviously his best game that he's had in a long time, since probably his rookie year back in 17-18. But Will Butcher took a shot, and it was a weird deflection by Nate Bastion. He deflected it, and it slowly passed Tristan Jari, who was going from his right to his left. So obviously he had no prayer of getting back the other way. And all of it right there, less than 10 minutes into the third period, we went down from being down six to three, like six, nothing to now six to three. So I'm start, I started laughing because I'm like, here we go again. They're teasing us. They are making us believe that we have a shot and then it's all going to come crashing down as our effort's going to be, you know, not enough. And it looked that way even more because about, you know, two and a half minutes later, Sidney Crosby scored an absolutely beautiful goal from a sharp angle where, I mean, Aaron Dell had no prayer and no goaltender would ever have a prayer of stopping that. And only a guy like Crosby can score from that sharp of an angle. And he scored. And nobody realized it but him. It took a while for the rest of the guys on the ice to realize it, but the puck did end up going in the back of the net and it's seven to three. So at that point, it's like, okay, our nice little comeback is over. Yada, yada, yada. Let's just, let's get the rest of this game over with and and move on to Thursday. Right. Let's, let's do that. And about a minute later or a little less than two minutes, I would say 90 seconds later, Jack Hughes comes down the left wing with a defender somewhat on him. He takes a weak wrist shot and scores and Jari must have left just a little bit of space on his right side and it went past them and into the net so it's seven to four so again again you know we're just a little more than halfway through the period we are down again just by three goals we have already outscored the penguins four to one in this period it is nuts it is nuts but a minute three later We had a really weird situation where Severson had the puck at the top right side uh, in the offensive zone, passed it to Nick Merkley, and Nolan Foote, who was playing in just his second or third game, actually his second game of his NHL career, he got a point in his first one. He comes flying down the left side, kind of sneaking behind the defense, 
Merkley makes a pass. And mind you, Nolan Foot is a left-handed shot. It wasn't a one-time slap shot. He got the puck and kind of one-timed it by pushing the puck as he got it, almost like he was passing it in a way. It fluttered up into the air and into the net for his first National Hockey League goal. And it was just a weird, it was a weird goal. It was a weird fluky goal that I'm sure Tristan Jari would have liked to have back. But considering the fact that Wedgwood gave up a fluky goal in the first, it kind of evened out a little bit with Jari giving up that one. But most importantly, Nolan Foote, his first National Hockey League goal. So you have to say, through your first two games, you got your first point and now your first goal. I mean, you're off, I mean, all of a sudden, through two games, you're a point per game player. Now, obviously that's not going to continue, although it would be great if it could, but to see another young player like Nolan Foote making some contributions, getting some experience and some confidence playing in NHL games, it's big. It's big. And that was a a well-deserved goal. I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily well-deserved, but you know, he was in the right place. The puck just got to a stick and he got a lucky break. And so there's nothing wrong with being a little lucky, but I started laughing so hard at that point. It's seven to five with five minutes to go, six minutes to go in this game. Six minutes. It is, we're out shooting them five to one and we're down by two goals with six minutes left, which is like an eternity. And considering the way we were playing in this game, it almost felt like that we were going to eventually score that sixth goal. And, and I remember saying it to the people I was watching the game with. I said, I know how this is going to end. I just know it. It's going to end one of two ways. We're either going to lose seven to six or eight to six. But one way or another, we are going to find a way to only lose by one or two goals in this game. Like we're going to find a way to get that sixth goal. And sure enough, the Devils were struggling like crazy for a minute to just get it out of their own zone and get it up into the offensive zone so Aaron Dell could be pulled. They finally did. They dumped it in. Andreas Janssen, who has gone 30-plus games without scoring a goal, he took a shot, or I guess he tried to pass it, in front of the net. He was behind the net on the left side, passed it out in front, and it hit off the back skate of Tristan Jari and into the freaking net. And into the freaking net. And with 39 seconds to go in the game, we are only losing seven to six. And I just started busting out laughing hysterically. I couldn't believe that we were on the verge of pulling off one of the craziest comebacks in just a regular season game. I've seen some crazy comebacks in some other games in hockey. And even though obviously this is not gonna, it's, you know, this is not gonna change the trajectory of the devil's season by any means, it's just hysterical that we did that. And sure enough, we won the faceoff after that. We got it into the offensive zone. We were struggling to just set anything up. And at the end, I think it was Damon Severson who got the puck and took a slap shot with about four seconds left. And for a split second, I said, that puck's going to go into, if that puck goes into the net, I'm losing it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to start like freaking out because it will have been unbelievable. But, but one of the Penguins players blocked the shot. Time ran out, and like usual, the comeback falls just short, and we lose 7-6 to in regulation. And it was just like, what the hell did I just watch? I mean, I could it took me two or three hours after the game to really process everything that had gone down in that game. 
It was unbelievable. The Devils had, now this is the funniest thing. Tell me this is not funny, right? The Devils had six goals in that period. They outscored the Pittsburgh six to one. They had five shots. They had 11 shots on goal in the third period. They scored more, more than half of their shots in that third period went into the net. I've never seen that before from this Devils team. That was incredible. It was actually incredible. And it was just, you know, again, look, we can't look here and say, oh, it's great because all these young guys are contributing. Well, our whole team is young. So anybody that scores, unless it's like Severson, which is still not that much, or like, I don't know, Ryan Murray, anybody who scores is going to be under, for the most part, under the age of 25. So, I mean, we're just, we're just moving and grooving with, with the young, with the young, with the youth movement that we have on this team. And so, yeah, we end up losing seven to six, but it was just one of those things where it's like, holy hell, what a game. And you couldn't even be mad. Like, I'm not even mad that we lost at that. I find it hysterical. And I tweeted out, I said, this team is such a tease. It's a joke. We've done this so many times in just the last five games where we make this miraculous comeback that always falls just short. Do you remember what happened on Saturday against the Rangers? We're down four to nothing. We make this for, excuse me, three to nothing. We make this ferocious comeback. We tie the game, but we end up losing six to three. I mean, we, we were down four nothing. And we nearly came back and tied the game. And it was just, I, I can't explain how this team does it. And there was a lot of just, I mean, a lot of us were laughing just because we have seen this team do this time in and time out this entire year. Now, here's some fun, here's some other things that are gonna make you laugh. ESPN stats and info. Amazingly, ESPN tweeted about a hockey game. I mean, that was amazing. But they tweeted out this. This is gonna blow your mind because this blew my mind. The Penguins are the first team in NHL history to win a game in which they were outscored by five goals in the third period. Entering tonight, NHL teams were an astounding zero. 270 and zero in the regular season and 0 for nine in the postseason when they were outscored by five plus goals in the third period, according to Elias sports stats. Only the devils could somehow do that. Think about it. The penguins just became the first team in NHL history to win a game after giving up five or more goals in the third period. When you look at this game, if, you, if you're not a fan of either one of these teams or you didn't watch the highlights or anything like that, right, and you see that score, 7-6, you say, wow, that must have been a back-and-forth game. No, it wasn't. It was a tale of two periods to one. The Penguins dominated for two periods, and the Devils had one of the most dominant periods I've ever seen in the history of this franchise. And we still lost the game. We still lost the game, which is the funniest part. I'm sorry, but that is hysterical to me because, again, only the Devils could do something like that. Now, here's another stat. This is from the NHL's public relations Twitter account. The Devils scored six goals in the final frame to match the franchise record for most in a single period, a feat last achieved 
over 25 years ago. At 25 years ago, it was much more common to see games like nine to eight, eight to six, you know, seven to five. It was more common back then. So for the Devils to do this was incredible. The last time they did it, like I said, 25 years ago, um, they scored six goals in a period against the Hartford Whalers. That's just how long ago it's been. The Hartford Whalers on April 6th, 1996. So that was, it's, it's, it's really remarkable what that team or what this team was able to do in that, in that situation. The saddest part about that, all of that, is that with that loss and obviously Boston beating Buffalo, the Devils became just the second team in the NHL, not surprisingly, to officially be eliminated from playoff contention. So that makes it now two years, in a, uh, three years now in a row that we have not made the playoffs since the year we made it in 17-18. So obviously you're disappointed, but again, nobody expected it. None of us expected to make the playoffs. The only time I think anybody thought that we had a shot was after we beat Buffalo, uh, Boston one to nothing in that crazy game in Boston about a month ago when we were only, I think at that moment, we were like six or seven, eight points out of a playoff spot. It was like, it's not entirely impossible. But obviously, considering how young we are, being younger than some college hockey teams with regards to full age, average age, I mean, this was going to happen. A lot of these guys are tired. Uh, we, I mean, these guys are playing every other day, most of the time back-to-back -back on the weekends. You're dealing with COVID all the time, and you're, you're the youngest team with very little veteran leadership. You traded away all pretty much – all of your significant veterans at the deadline. And that's, <laughs> I mean, this is the results you're going to get. Um, but I will say this, and I haven't said this recently, but I'll say it now. I give those guys all the credit in the world for the comeback or the almost comeback that we had on Tuesday. For them to continue to fight, even being down 6 nothing, just to keep pushing the envelope and nearly coming back and making it one of the greatest comebacks in NHL history. Um, you got to give them a lot of credit. And that again, shows you the potential that a lot of these guys have. And that if they're given more impact players around them and they continue to gel and we have a normal regular season, you know, I think we're in a, you know, we're going to be a really dangerous team down the road. But again, it always goes back to is ownership going to make the necessary moves that it needs to make to put this team in the best possible position to succeed. Now, there were a couple of quote comments that were made by both Jack Hughes and Nico Hishier at the last night. Um, Jack Hughes said one of the most obvious things was he said, uh, it's embarrassing to be on six, nothing in the NHL. Well, that's obvious. Nobody wants to see that. Um, but of course it's one of those things you just have to say. Lindy Ruff, again, another obvious statement. We flat out need better goaltending. All I hope for is that the devils decide this offseason to once again, try to go after a veteran goaltender to give some support to Mackenzie Blackwood. I just don't think that any of the young goaltenders we have right now are fully ready to make that jump yet, maybe in another year. So that's why if you sign a veteran and you got to sign somebody who has a lot of experience and can do the job. And that's what we thought we were going to get in Corey Crawford before he eventually retired. And it makes you wonder what this team could be like if we still had Corey Crawford. I mean, we'll never know because he retired, but it is what it is. 
But the biggest comments of the night came from our captain, Nico Hishier. He said this, quote, in hockey, you never quit, end quote. He also said, I'm not a quitter. I'm going to play to the end. That's a big thing to say, you know, because we know Nico is not, maybe not necessarily one of the biggest vocal leaders in the world. He had even mentioned in his pre-draft interview with the Devils that he likes to lead on the ice. He likes to lead by example. But for him to come out and say things like that is a really positive sign. It shows, okay, that maybe this team really does have some pride and that they're, they're, you know, but they won't and they won't quit and they'll continue to fight till the end. All I hope for is that at least one more time this year, we have a full 60 minutes where we're playing hard and we get a well-deserved win. I can't even tell you the last time we won a hockey game. It feels like forever. Um, it's a tough, it's a tough deal right now. It's a tough deal right now, but to, to see things like that is pretty funny, entertaining as hell. I mean, talking to the tip of the iceberg guys, um, they, it was, they were like, this is very entertaining. Um, very interesting. I don't expect the next two games against Pittsburgh on Thursday and then Saturday to be like that, but Hey, it's hockey. Anything can happen. So we'll see about that. But yeah, it's, it's a tough loss. Um, very big tease as usual. Um, we're officially eliminated from playoff contention. So, you know, we'll just see how we play the last 11, 10 games of the year and try to finish the year on a high note. As I said to a lot of people last night and, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Now, here's a couple other big-time news things that we need to talk about. The first thing I'm going to talk about is the situation with the Binghamton or soon-to-be Utica Devils. Um, we talked about it before. Uh, we had Jake Wakeley on in the previous episode, but I'll talk about it in a little bit more detail here. Um, there have been a rumor going around, or not even a rumor, there have been a report going around the last week or so that um, the New Jersey Devils had decided that they were going to move the team from Binghamton to Utica, a place where they actually were, um, they had their affiliate, um, their minor league team play in from, I think, 1986 to 1993. Um, so it seemed like that they couldn't get anything working with Binghamton. Uh, from where Binghamton described it, it sounded like Binghamton was kind of uh, lowballed by the Devils or that the Devils just flat out didn't want to be there anymore. And so the Devils made the decision. But nobody has made any confirmation on that until yesterday. Uh, the Binghamton Devils, who ironically are playing the Utica Comets tonight here on Wednesday, they put out a statement, um, and I'm going to read it to you guys right here. It says, to say our organization is disappointed in the news from the New Jersey Devils is an understatement. We are deeply saddened and shocked. We want to thank all the fans and partners so much for your loyalty and dedication over these years. To keep professional hockey alive in Binghamton, we are currently exploring all of our options. We have an exceptional geographic location and a building full of required amenities and features to accommodate a professional hockey team. With that being said, we hope to see you all back here soon. So it's difficult because obviously this year, they're not playing at Binghamton. They had the team stay local and play in the Devils Practice Arena in Newark. So um, whenever the last home game was for Binghamton the year before uh, looks like it's going to be the last game ever be played at the Binghamton Devils. Now, what does this mean for the Utica Comets? Well, they're from what I was told, they're going to rebrand. They're going to move the team. The Canucks are going to move that team to the West coast um, and rebrand them completely. 
Uh, and it looks like the Devils, I mean, I think the only thing you're going to change is the, is the, the, the city name. And it's going to be the Utica Devils. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks, over the next couple of months. Uh, they'll probably make it more official as we move along. But, um, you know, to anybody who happens to be listening who is from Binghamton uh, or is a big fan of the Binghamton Devils, um, I, for one, can speak as a fan to say I'm sorry that this is happening. Um, you know, obviously, this is completely out of our control. I hope that it was nothing uh, really negative. And if it is, again, I'm so very sorry. And I hope that you guys get uh, a team there again in the very near future. Um, but it's just a frustrating situation to be in. And I don't blame you for being mad. The next bit of news that we got uh, yesterday or on Tuesday was uh, the Ontario Hockey League made an announcement that uh, they are going to um, end their season um, for this year, that there's not going to be any OHL playoffs, I don't think. Uh, and Amanda Stein tweeted out, she said, looks like with the news that OHL will not play this season, uh, the Devils prospects Mike Vukashevich and Graham Clark will be staying with the Binghamton Devils for the remainder of the year. So they had the opportunity to go back if the OHL decided that they were going to be, you know, returning to play. But that ended up not being the case. So it looks like the OHL will have to wait till 2021-22 uh, to start up operations again. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Now, let's go to some really big news. This was, in, this was some news that we were waiting for for several weeks, and we had talked about it a couple weeks ago about this being a possibility. Well, now it's official. Back on Monday afternoon, the Devils officially announced that our first round draft pick from this past year, right winger Alexander Holtz, signed his three-level, three-year entry-level contract. Thank you, Lord. We finally got some really good news. We needed to hear this. Because, look, when Jurgarden's season ended a couple weeks ago, it was brought to everybody's attention that Alexander Holtz wanted to continue to play hockey, and he had two options, either go to Sweden's pre-World Juniors training camp or sign your entry-level contract and play some hockey either in New Jersey or playing uh, across the building with the Binghamton Devils for the rest of the year. Um, and with this three-year entry-level contract, it actually doesn't begin until the 2021-22 season. And for that reason, he signed an ATO or an amateur tryout contract for the remainder of this year with the Binghamton Devils. So for the rest of the season, Alexander Holtz will be playing a handful of games with the young guys that we have in our system in Binghamton. So obviously, this is big news. We're so happy that we're able to get that done. Uh, two of our three first-round picks from this year now have entry-level contracts signed. Dawson Mercer was signed back in, I think it was January or February, that he signed his. So, you know, obviously getting these guys is great. Um, most likely they'll both get a really good opportunity to make the roster going into next season. I think a lot of people expect Alexander Holtz to be with the Devils this year. Now, for those of you that are wondering why Holtz is not going to be playing with the New Jersey Devils at all this year is simply that the Devils don't want to, you know, just put him in a really tough situation where he could lose his confidence, especially if things are not working out. And they want to slowly bring him along, which is what they basically done. 
They didn't bring him over right after they tr- they drafted him. They wanted him to play the rest of the year as your garden, which from dust from what um, Alexander Holt said in his press conference on Monday, he said, "Yeah, that was part of my plan as well to finish the year uh, with your garden." He wanted to play. Uh, he did have the opportunity to come over and and play at Binghamton earlier, but he wanted to play in the playoffs with your garden. So that was the reason why. Um, but Alexander Holt said something that was kind of interesting in his press conference. He said that uh, he's not intimidated really that much by playing on smaller ice because when he was playing in World Juniors and other couple of competitions, he's played on smaller ice. He actually says that it benefits him more considering that it forces him to take more shots and, and be a lot more you know, definitive on putting the puck on net, which is great because we need that goal scoring ability. And we're hoping that Alexander Holtz is just one of the missing pieces that we need for this team to have long-term success, especially when it comes to scoring goals. So that was a big, big move to make. And I'm really glad that Fitzgerald and, and Holtz and everybody involved got that deal done. And Alexander Holtz will be able to practice with the team, I believe, starting on either Friday or Saturday. Um, so his first game uh, here in New Jersey, which is where he's quarantining at the moment, uh, could be very, very soon. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested to see how he performs in his first uh, action of professional hockey here in New Jersey. Now, the other thing really quick that I wanted to mention, uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, uh, their season ended on Monday. Yeah, they ended on Monday. Um, So they're not going to be having any playoffs because also the Memorial Cup uh, was canceled for the year. So pretty much, I guess they were saying there's like no incentive to play the QMJHL playoffs or anything like that. Uh, prospect Dawson Mercer, who we just mentioned before, he signed his entry-level contract months ago, so he's already secure. He finished the season in top 10 in goal scoring with 19 goals this year. He had 19 goals, 17 assists for 36 points in just 23 games, which is very, very impressive. And so the question is for Dawson Mercer is this. Is he done playing hockey this year? Is he just going to be like, all right, I'm done for the year, move on to next year? Are the Devils thinking about, or is he, even he thinking about maybe, you know, coming to New Jersey and playing in Binghamton? I would most likely think that they'd probably do the same thing that they're doing with Holtz, uh, but we'll see. Uh, there's no really definitive um, statements or rumors right now that that talk about that he's going to do that. So we'll see what happens down the road. But a very impressive year for Dawson Mercer playing for the Shikudami Saganines. And it'll be, you know, it'll be exciting to see him play if he does play a little bit uh, this year. If not, uh, we'll all be very interested to see how he performs once we get into 2021-22 season. Also, really quick to just wrap up this whole episode, uh, Alexander Holtz did make a post both on his Instagram and his Twitter saying, dream come true. I'm extremely proud to sign my first NHL contract with the New Jersey Devils. I can't thank my family, friends, teammates, and coaches enough for all they have done for me. So, hey guys, look, uh, this game on Tuesday was was quite the interesting one. Very wild, uh, definitely roller coaster. It's been a Jekyll and Hyde year, as I've said before. Uh, now that we know that we're officially out of playoff contention, it's about you know seeing how the team finishes and hopefully we can finish strong and uh, kind of go from there. And hopefully the future. And hopefully, and forget forget just saying that. All I can say is this. I think it can only go up from here. 
I think we've we've pretty much reached or we're about to reach rock bottom. And once you reach that point, you can't go any lower than that. You can only go up. So let's try to remain optimistic, maybe somewhat cautiously optimistic, and uh, hope that we really start turning things around. Um, and we can look back on this a couple of years from now with a big smile and a big laugh, like I'm laughing right now, um, in this crazy year that the Devils have had. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all of the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, Nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything we can think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone, one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 
1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!